Karen and I met at church back in the days when I still went to church. I have to be fair, people did try to warn me. They knew I'd never had a girlfriend, not a real one, not someone to plan a future with and feel that she completed me, that until her I'd never really been a fully rounded human being. I was twenty-five when Karen came into my life, and I suppose at my age that lack should have been an embarrassment, but I'd always been a shy and introspective person. I'd had the same lusts and desires as any young man, but I'd been brought up to believe that sex outside marriage was wrong. My father was a vicar. A great-uncle had been a bishop. Religion was at the centre of my family's life. As I say, people at church knew all that. They also knew Karen. But she'd moved around, I suppose would be a polite way to put it, always looking for something new. She'd changed churches. She'd been a Seventh-day Adventist and a Roman Catholic, as well as a hippie with some very strange ideas about spirituality, and then she showed up at our Anglican church. She'd hopped from one job to another, always starting out convinced that at long last she'd found her vocation, and then seeing the flaws that made the office intolerable and meant she could no longer stay there. She'd also moved between men. So when they saw how hard I'd fallen, and that I'd asked Karen to marry me, and she'd said yes, there had been some attempts to tell me that my sailing on the sea of life might be about to get a lot rougher than I was used to. Of course I hadn't listened. I'd never been in love before, and being in love doesn't make for good listening. Karen was the one for me, and I didn't doubt that I was the one for her. We never had but the one problem, that I was not willing to sleep with her until we were married, and she yearned for fulfilment but refused to set a date for our marriage. She never explained why, beyond saying that at twenty-seven, she was two years older than me. She didn't feel quite ready. That didn't matter. I could wait. And then one day, she wasn't there. People, people at church, tried to explain it to me. There was no shortage of explanations. Only two things stuck. The first was that her disappearance had obviously been carefully planned. You don't vanish so completely, taking everything you own with you, unless you've thought about it and meant to do it. All of that had been going on inside her head at a time when she was telling me she'd loved me more than she'd ever loved in her life, and that, yes, very soon we would be setting a date, an early date, for our wedding. The second didn't come for more than a year, but when it did, I was flattened. Karen was married. I don't mean that she found a man and married him in the months after she left me in the toils of a grief I would not have imagined possible. I mean that she had been married before she met me and still was. She'd walked out on her husband and their three children. When she dumped me, she went back to them, and everyone had known. That is, of course, an exaggeration. Not everyone had known. Most people were as staggered as I was, although I doubt that any of them felt smashed around the head as I did. But there were people, two people, who'd known from the very beginning that Karen was leading me down the garden path, and that if she honoured her promise to marry me, she'd be breaking the law. They had known, they had talked to me about all kinds of stuff, and they had never told me what they knew. I never went back to church after that. Haven't been to this day. Don't think I ever will again. There were to be no more women in my life either. Though, of course, that isn't quite true. What I should perhaps have said is, there was to be no more romantic attachment in my life. That was something else I failed in.